Welcome back to the Eleanor Homeschool Day podcast, where we talk about all things related to homeschooling so that you can homeschool with confidence and joy. Some parents have asked me how they can get their children to enjoy their homeschool lessons more. They said their kids feel bored and they don't want to finish their lessons or just they're not motivated. So in this episode, I'll tell you a few things that we do in our homeschool to keep lessons interesting and how I can help my children enjoy them more. My children actually enjoy doing school lessons. They enjoy learning and being exposed to new concepts. Now, they don't enjoy all aspects of learning. There are some things that they don't particularly like, such as having to narrate or having to do a written narration or learning new skills. Like when my daughter was learning how to write essays, some of that stuff is just hard. And so they don't enjoy that, but they enjoy being exposed to ideas and to learning new things. So if you can help them enjoy learning, that will help when it comes to those activities that they just don't enjoy much and you really can't spice that up. So the first thing that I try to keep in mind when I'm planning our homeschool lessons is to make them interesting. If you're using a textbook, there's just not that interesting. So I always try to use living books as much as possible. Even when we're using a textbook, I try to find one that is written in an engaging style, that is written by one person who's passionate about his subject area. We have found textbook, living textbooks for history and for science. There are more options than just the dry, boring textbooks that we're used to. So when we have a living book, our children are exposed to ideas and they're able to think about situations and concepts from many different perspectives. It's more than just facts and figures. Along with that, for all of the subjects that we cover, we incorporate biographies and Uh, sometimes historical fiction to learn more about the time period or about the scientists and to get a broader picture and understanding of the concepts that we're studying. Now, a lot of times I'll use manipulatives. This works very well for math concepts. I've used manipulatives with both of my daughters and at all ages of learning, honestly, when they're young, such as preschool and elementary school, we think of using manipulatives, but then we think as they get older, they don't need them and they shouldn't be using them. And honestly, there are times that even adults use manipulatives. If you think about architects and designers and um, coaches, Lots of people will use diagrams or scale models. They will use something to help them better understand what is going to happen when they build something or they run a particular play. So manipulatives have their place for all ages. I've used them with my high school age daughter as she's working on some math concepts and trying to understand a new concept. 
they work great for science because you can bring the subject to life. You can incorporate experiments and field trips and hands-on learning so that they can actually see what they're learning about in the science textbook. You could incorporate manipulatives with history. We have sometimes borrowed the history trunk from our state historical society, and we were able to actually handle and see historical artifacts from previous times, from the Dust Bowl and from the Civil War time. We were able to see what pioneers would have taken with them in a covered wagon. So it it can bring to life what your children are learning and help them understand it at a deeper level. Now, you don't have to cater to your child's interests. I'm not suggesting that you make this be child-led learning, but incorporate aspects that will engage your child and will help him to connect with the subject matter a little more. We've done this different ways at different times. Uh, One time my daughter was very interested in nursing and sewing. I've talked about this before that we've used those special projects to allow her to research a nursing uniform through the ages. And she was able to learn about the time periods as she was reading about how nurses functioned at different times in our history. She was learning about the clothing. She was learning new skills as she was learning how to research and how to present her findings. My other daughter really enjoys math puzzles. And so sometimes we've incorporated some of that into her learning. Both of my daughters are very different, and so their education looks different. In the elementary grades, they did pretty much everything together. I talked about this on a a recent episode when I was talking about the one-room schoolhouse concept, but as they become more independent and they are learning more and more on their own, when I find things that I think would interest them, I will incorporate that into their lessons. If I find a book that I think one would really enjoy, I will use that and maybe not use it with my other daughter because I think it would not be interesting for her. They're both reaching, accomplishing the same goals and learning the same general information, but we're bringing in aspects that each one would find interesting. Another tip that you can use is to know your child's learning modality or preferred learning style. If you have a child who really enjoys learning by listening to books, you can seek out those audiobooks for him to listen to. If you have one who really is a kinesthetic learner and needs to move and do things with his hands, you could incorporate projects into his history or his science so that he is doing something and creating something that he's learning about. I'll leave a link to a post that details what you need to know about learning styles and how to determine your child's learning style. And there's also suggestions for each learning style of how to help your child learn effectively and how to make his lessons interesting. Also, keep your child's learning developmentally appropriate. So many times I've had parents email me and say, my child just won't do his lessons. I can't get him to finish. He's not interested. He doesn't want to do any of this. 
as I ask questions and I find out what they're trying to accomplish and how old their child is, often it's a case of they're trying to to have their child do too much too soon. When our children are not developmentally ready for it, it can be a real challenge for them and they're not interested. It's hard and they don't want to do it. There are times that we need to challenge and push our children just a little bit to help them reach that next level or to push through a plateau, but make sure that you know that it is something that's developmentally appropriate for them. One resource that I like to help me discern if what I'm expecting of my child is developmentally appropriate is the book Your Child's Growing Mind by Jane Healy. She talks about what your child's brain needs at different stages, about how they learn. She even goes into details about math and reading and science and just the different aspects of learning and what your child's brain needs at different times. So this can also be a time that you can look at learning issues. Is your child struggling in an area that maybe you need to work on those skills to help your child shore that area up? When your child is facing learning difficulties, they're not as motivated to learn because it is hard. There have been many times when my daughter was just in tears and she did not want to go on. She did not want to finish lessons because she was she was done. She had worked hard and she couldn't do anymore. And I had to recognize that and work with her level and her ability, find ways to accomplish our goals and objectives in a way that allowed her to grow and to mature at her own pace. I could not expect the same thing from both my daughters. They're both very different learners. We've talked about this in the past. And when they face a challenge, I take a step back and I ask, is this developmentally appropriate? Not is this age appropriate? Because for one girl, it might be completely age appropriate and for the other one, not so much. So I ask, are they ready for this? And if not, then we might find a different way to do it so that I can help them to enjoy and to look forward to their lessons. Now, finally, I want to wrap up by reminding you to do more than just the basics. It can be very easy to get into the rut of doing the three R's, math, reading, and writing, and making sure those get done, and that's really all that we get through in the day. It is appropriate for you to have a list of your basics, those items that you must get done on a day, a school day that is just going crazy. And you want to make sure that you're making forward progress, but you know you can't get it all done. I talked about this on a recent episode, and I will link to that for you in the show notes. So you can read more about that if you missed that episode. But when we only do those core subjects, such as math, history, science, reading, it doesn't add much beauty in life to our homeschool. Even when we're using living books, it can become a little monotonous. It can become a little bit of drudgery. So adding in a little bit more, maybe have some music lessons or maybe study a composer. We like to incorporate artist study and look at beautiful paintings from various artists and learn about their life. Sometimes we'll have art instruction or we can go do nature study or just go take a nature walk and it doesn't even have to be planned. These could be activities that you just, you pick up and do maybe one a week. 
When you do more than the basics, you are allowing your children to see the beauty of our world and to encourage them to learn more and to find something they're passionate about. You might incorporate things that your children particularly enjoy, such as computer programming or sewing or find a way to incorporate Legos into what your children are doing and learning. There are many ways that you can go beyond the basics and that will really depend on the needs and desires of your children and your family and honestly what you've identified in your homeschool mission statement. I'll leave a link for the six questions that you need to ask to write your homeschool mission statement if you've not done that. But knowing what your goals are will help you to identify what you need to cover and what you can do to bring in some of that beauty and some of the depth. So those are the four things that I try to keep in mind when I'm planning my children's lessons and when I'm trying to figure out what's going on that is making my children not enjoy their lessons so much and what I could change to help them enjoy their lessons better. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review because this really helps other families to find the podcast and to find that encouragement to help them homeschool with confidence and joy. Until next time, I hope you have a triumphant day.